Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? I'm glad that you did not let the rain and the lightning and the thunder keep you away. It's going to be a good service this morning. And if you're our guest, let me start by just introducing myself. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC. We are a church that's passionate about making people and places new. That's the heart of our church. And we're going to take the next few minutes and look at God's word and allow God to speak to us from his word. Now, if you were on social media and you got on NCC's Facebook, or if you got the weekly update, you know that this week we were supposed to start a series called Good News. And we've just finished up kind of walking through some of the key passages in the Old Testament, the older part of the Bible before the life of Christ. Um, and this week we were supposed to start with the birth and the life of Christ. And as we were looking at all of that, there was this message that I felt like God gave me that I just, I couldn't shake it. And I thought, man, we need to talk about this. And so we're actually pausing in kind of this series that we've been in or this campaign of walking through the Bible. And I think that there's something direct that God wants to speak to us this morning about our walk with him, about taking our next steps in our growth in our relationship with Christ. Now, many of you guys have been here for a little bit. And so, you know, in September, we started this campaign called Made for More. And in September, when we did this, we made some declarations. We said, God, we believe that you have more for our families, more in our personal lives, more in our marriage, God, more in every part of our life. God, you want to do more. You want to do more through us as a church, God. We believe that this, this is a year of more. And we really grabbed hold of that. And we made some declarations. We put up these banners, you guys. So just take a moment. You know, they're here every week, so you probably don't read them. But there are questions on these banners that we want you to think about. We want them to motivate you to action. As you walked in, there are these declarations right there in our lobby that are this right here. We've declared some things because we believe these declarations are going to help us understand the more that God has for us. We've said scripture is going to shape my life. My growth is my responsibility. I'm going to change the world, and it starts here, and we can't stay here. And so we've over and over again for the past six months, you guys, we've talked about these, we've rehearsed them, we've had you guys write these down, we've said them at different times, we've focused on different ones of these because we believe as we grab hold of these declarations, they're going to help us understand what it is that God is wanting to do in our life. And so we're going to do this this morning. We're going to declare these together as a church, okay? You may not be used to church being interactive, but it's going to be a little interactive this morning. And so we're going to say these together. You're going to say them with me. Are you ready? Scripture is going to shape my life. My growth is my responsibility. I'm going to change the world, and it starts here. We can't stay here. So these are the things that we've said as a church, and we're trying to grab hold of these things and allow God to shape them and form them in our life so that we're understanding the more that God has for us, the desire that God has for us in our life. Now, as I've looked at these and as we've walked through these, there's one of these that keeps on standing out that I feel like is a focus right now in my life and that God wants to kind of challenge us as a church with, and it's the second one here. My growth is my responsibility. 
Now, I know many of you, you're new to the church or, or you're new or you've come more recently. But for those of you that have been around a little bit, you may remember two years ago, we took a spiritual assessment as a church. All of us, we took a couple of weeks and there was this little questionnaire we took at home, we filled it out and we got back some information. We found out what kind of church we are. And I wanna share with you, this is the kind of church that we found out we are. We are really good about engaging with the community, you guys. We are great about meeting the needs of people around us that we see. Our hearts are moved to compassion. We reflect Christ in that way, in so many different ways in our community. We are great and we're excited about getting out and helping people that are in need, physical needs, emotional needs going on around us. We want to serve the needy. We're great at that. What we found out is we lack as a church in personal spiritual disciplines, personal practices in our life with Christ. So the shocking truth of that that we found out is, you guys, we are more likely to give $5 to the person on the side of the road that needs food than we are to spend five minutes reading God's word. We're more likely to sign up for an event that the church is doing. Hey, we'll serve two or three hours and we'll go out and we'll meet needs in our community than we are to spend two or three hours getting alone with Jesus and finding out more about our relationship with him. And what we've said is that's not the kind of church that we want to be. That's not what we want to identify new community church. That's not what we want people to think about. That's not who we want to be together as a church. We want to be a church that identifying with these things that are growing in our relationship with God, where we're moving forward in our relationship with God. And so we've been wrestling with this. How do we do this? In our situation, it's not um, it's not too different from a church that we see in the Bible. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 582. And I want to encourage everyone, um, grab that Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over. Take that out. Follow along with us as we open up Scripture. Now, what's happening here in Hebrews, this writer is writing to the church, okay? A church kind of like new community church here. And he's been challenging him with this idea that God is our high priest, that Jesus has come and he's given us access to heaven. He's given us access to God. This beautiful, powerful passage of us understanding who Jesus is. And then he shifts his focus in verse 11. He's been talking, Jesus is our high priest. We get to verse 11 and he shifts the focus. And this is what he says about this, about Jesus being our high priest. We have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That's God's word, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And then I love verse six. If you have your Bibles, just highlight that. If you have a Bible from the seat in front of you, you can underline that. Therefore, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. What is the writer of Hebrews challenging the church with? What is it that he's saying? This is what he's telling them. He's saying, you know what? I'm here and I want to tell you all of these things. I have so much that I want to teach you about who God is and what God has for your life. But some of you have stopped listening. 
You're showing up to church every single Sunday. You're here every week. You're sitting in the service, but it's not penetrating your heart. It's not getting through to you. You've stopped listening to the voice of God. You've become dull of hearing. He's looking at the church there that he's writing to in the book of Hebrews, and he's saying, some of you, you started off, you surrendered your life to Christ. You gave yourself over to Jesus and said, God, I want your plan for my life, and then you stopped. You stalled out. You stayed as a baby. That's the picture he gives us. You can't handle the solid food of God's word. You still need baby food. Because you started off good and then you got stuck there. You didn't keep on growing. And he's challenging the church. He's saying, man, there's so much God wants to speak to you. There's so much God wants to do. But you've stopped listening. Let us leave the elementary teachings and let us go on to maturity. He's challenging the church. Let's start to grow up in our relationship with God. Let's not just stay where we started at. Let's start to grow up in our relationship with God and what it is that God is wanting us to do. When I think about this, I'm reminded of a time when Sarah and I were first entering into the ministry. And we were at this church. It was kind of similar to New Community Church. A lot of things were, were the same. And we were youth pastors at the time. We weren't lead pastors, but we were helping to speak into the life of the church. And I remember this couple. They'll always kind of be an example as God used them to kind of shape our mind in ministry and the kind of church we wanted to be a part of. We'll just call them Mr. X and Mrs. Y because people from all over listen to these messages, okay? Mr. X and Mrs. Y. And I'll never forget the first Sunday they came into the church. I noticed them. I hadn't seen their face before. And I saw them walk in. And I'm pretty sure I remember they sat over here kind of from where the stage was. They sat right here on the side. And they just walked up to the front. And you could tell they were new. Like they weren't familiar with church. And they were taking it all in. They were looking at people around them. They were taking it all in of what God was saying. And at the end of the service, when the lead pastor, when he gave the altar call, they were one of the first to come up. And I saw tears coming down their face. I saw them crying. And they stood there and they prayed that prayer. God, we need our lives to change. There's addictions. There's brokenness. God, you've got to do something in us. And in that moment, they surrendered their life to Christ. And they begin to change. And I remember Sarah and I had the privilege of getting to know Mr. X and Mrs. Y. And we were encouraging them, hey, be faithful in church, come. And so they did. They came Sunday mornings. They came Sunday nights. They were a part of serving in the Wednesday night things that happened there at the church. I mean, they were there all the time. And when we told stories of transformation, we said, look at Mr. X and look at Mrs. Y. This is what God can do in your life. This is what God wants to do. Man, they are different because of this. And then a few months later, we start to sense some red flags. We were pretty close to them, and we noticed some things that didn't seem right with people that were living like Jesus. But we thought, you guys, they're showing up every week, right? They're here on Sunday mornings. They're here on Sunday nights. They give in the, they're doing all the right stuff. So this has, I mean, it, it, they've got to, you know, they've got to be okay. Things have to be okay with them. And I'll never forget, they started to disconnect from church. Their marriage broke apart. God had added to their family during that time. The kids are struggling with who they're going to live with. Past addictions, alcoholism, and other things begin to come back into their life. And my wife and I were sitting there. These are our friends. And we're thinking, what happened? And what I realized what happened is they started off with Jesus, and they never moved past that, you guys. 
They were coming. They were doing this spiritual checklist. Okay, God, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, so I'm good. I'm doing all the right stuff. They never let it get inside of them and actually shape and change who they were on the inside. Everything looked okay on the outside, but there was something on the inside that was missing. They never grew up in their faith. And because of that, there was brokenness in their life that was never addressed. And I look at our church and I think, I don't want that to be the stories of New Community Church. I don't want people walking in here week after week and saying, God, I want you to do something. And then we're comfortable with just staying where we're at, where we're okay with sitting in here week after week, hearing a message and not allowing God to change us. The challenge is we're called to take our next steps. We're called to move forward in our relationship with God. We understand as a church, my growth is my responsibility that I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going to move forward in my relationship with God. And so I want to challenge you with something that I've been wrestling with this morning, and we're going to walk through this together just like I've been walking through it the past few weeks. And it's this next steps thing. Now, some of you guys, if you've been here the past few weeks, you got one of these, right? Does this look familiar to some of you guys? It's this booklet, right? And I want to tell you this, and I wrestled with this, all of this wording as I was trying to pray, God, how do I convey this message? How do I convey the heart of this? But I believe this is one of the most important things that we have done over the past number of years is what I'm holding in my hand. Because this is a tool to your growth. This is a tool to your growth. And that's one of the most vital things. That's one of the things that I am most passionate about for each and every one of you is that you would be able to grow in your relationship with God. So we're gonna put these up on the screen, but we're just gonna walk through some of this, okay? And what we've noticed what we've, um, as we've worked with other churches, as we're in this network of churches, is that as we walk together as Christians, as we're growing, there are stages in our relationship with Christ. We didn't come up with this on our own. This is tens of thousands of churches, over a million Christians surveyed. Like this is us working together to understand how do we grow together? How do we move forward in our relationship with Christ? And so there are four stages. Like you see them kind of here in this booklet. We're going to put them up here. The first is exploring Christ. And there's this statement that goes with this. Like this stage is all about the basics. Developing a firm foundation of spiritual beliefs and attitudes is critical during this trust building phase. Those are, it's those of us when we first come in and we're trying to understand who is Jesus and should he even be a part of my life? And can I trust church? And can I trust Christianity? I'm just exploring at this point. I want to know more of what it means to be a Christian, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm asking questions. The second one, growing in Christ. Wow. Okay, God. Okay. (laughs) In this stage, we decide that our relationship with Jesus is personal. Right? So there's a statement there. We start to look at that. I'm going to go through these next two, like close to Christ. And we see this. In this stage, we replace self-centeredness with Christ's life self-sacrifice. And then Christ-centered. There's a statement for Christ-centered. Believers in this stage continually look for opportunities to give their lives away. Okay? These are stages that we know that believers fall into, that different people fall into. We're all at different stages. We're moving at different paces. But God is doing something in us because he wants us once again to not get stuck, to not stall out, but to keep on moving forward in our relationship with God. And can I tell you what we've learned over the past two years of preaching sermons, of having conversations, of going out to lunch with you guys, is you don't want to tell us where you're at. We don't want to discuss that as a church, right? 
Like we try to pinpoint you, we try to move the conversation there, and this is how it goes. I've sat down in so many lunches, uh, I'm still trying to figure that out, okay? Yeah, what's, what's your next step? Like what can you do to keep on growing? Yeah, I, I'm just trying, to, I feel like I'm a little here and I'm a little, we don't wanna identify that. And I think there's a couple of reasons, you guys. I think there's a couple of reasons. When I finally sit down and I say, here's where I'm at, I have to do something about that. See, when it's all just a mystery, I don't know. I can keep on floating. I can keep on coming in and going. But as soon as I put a marker on the ground, as soon as I say, hey, this is where I'm at, it implies that growth is necessary. It implies that this is where I'm at, but it's not where I'm going to stay. Do you understand that? See, it is vitally important that we identify where we're at so that we can know where we're going. And after two years and all these conversations, we don't want to talk about it. I think some of us don't want to talk about it because we've been doing this church thing for years and years and we're still at the beginning and we don't want anyone to know that. We're like the Hebrews writers, what he said, we've not moved on in our faith and we don't want someone to look at us and to say, wait, you've been in this place five years and you're still at that stage. We're afraid of what others will think. So we don't identify this. But you guys, if you don't know where you're at, you won't know where you're going and you won't know how to get there. It's simply that simple. You have to identify this. There's something about putting a marker there. I want you to see this, okay? So we're going to make this a little interactive this morning. Aaron, can I just have you stand up right where you're at? And um, Bob, can I have you stand up right where you're at? I'm not going to embarrass you or make you do anything. Yep. Bob, come on. We've known each other for a while. Just, just stand right there, okay? Look at this. If I gave both of them instructions hey, come up here to me. You don't have to do that, okay? But if I gave you instructions, they, they know where they're at in the room, right? It doesn't take a lot of it. Now, like they're gonna kind of quickly determine. Now, here's what happens. Aaron, all he has to do is kind of move out of his seat, take one step and come forward, okay, right? He has to do that. You can just stay right there though. You don't have to do that, okay, right? So it's a pretty simple process. We can see that, right? Bob's is a little different. He's got family around him, right? Like his beautiful family's right there and, and got some friends around him. And so he's gonna have to excuse himself. He's gonna kind of have to step over them. He's gonna have to make his way um, over a few people down the aisle, walk a little bit further and come up here on stage. Here's what we've done in the church. We've said, Aaron's a better Christian because he's closer. Church, you gotta get that out of your mind. You've gotta break that mindset. Well, he's a better Christian than Bob is because he's a little bit further along and he's a little bit closer. No, that doesn't make you a better Christian, okay? What makes you a great Christian is that you don't stay where you started. That's it, church. You don't stay where you started. It doesn't matter where you're starting at. It just matters that you don't stay there. Thank you guys so much. You can grab your seat again. Do you visually understand? I want you to see that. We're so afraid to identify this is where I'm at, but the problem is we're not moving anywhere because we've not put that marker on the ground. And we wanna be a church that says, God, we are gonna take our next steps. We're gonna move closer in our relationship with you, God. We know where we're going, Lord. And it's, I'm not afraid to say this is where I'm at because I'm not gonna stay here. I'm not gonna stay here, church. I'm gonna keep on moving forward in my relationship with God and what God is calling me to. Now, you need to understand this. You don't arrive in this process. Like, it's not like, okay, I got to Christ-centered. I'm at this last one and I'm done. I'm a mature believer. This thing's easy now, right? Like, everything's just coasting along. Everything's great. No, you're not done with this process. See, you don't get done with this process until you breathe your last breath here on earth. You take your first breath in eternity. That's when you're done with the process, okay? 
That's when you move into that next idea or what God has for us there in heaven, what the Bible describes in heaven. But you're not done here on this earth. So even if you're in this last stage, you're still moving. You're still growing. You're still asking God's spirit, God, show me where I'm at today because I don't want to stay here. I don't want to get to a place of doing this after 20 years. And I think I've got it figured out. God, I want to keep growing in my relationship with you. God, tell me my next steps. God, tell me where I'm at because, God, every day I want to reflect you more and more. And that's the goal of this, you guys, is that we're growing together. Not that we look at someone else and I say, hey, I'm a little bit better than you. I think I'm further along. It's saying we're in this together. We're walking through this together. Wherever you start at, don't stay there. Keep on going. Keep on moving in your relationship with God. Now, as you walk through these statements, and I did this, and I want to encourage you to do this, don't be afraid to identify where you're at. So I sat down as your pastor this week. I took out a paper, and I took out some pencil, and I just went through these statements. I went through everything. Pop up growing in Christ if you can there. We decide that our relationship with Jesus is personal. I started writing down, if someone followed me, if someone looked at my life, what is it that they would see that would tell them that my relationship with Jesus is personal? Is there anything in my life that's showing others that my relationship with Jesus is personal? I went on close to Christ. Let's pop that up there. In this stage, we replace self-centeredness with Christ's life, self-sacrifice. So where's that at in my life? I want to get honest with God. I don't want to assume I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for 20 years, so I've got this figured out. God, I want to know where I'm at because every day I want to get closer to you. Church, remove the fear from your life of marking down this is where I'm at, and let's do this together to say, God, we're not going to stay here. doesn't matter where I'm starting today, God. I commit to not stay here, but to continue to move forward in my relationship with you. The next thing in these statements are these core beliefs. Can we go back to exploring Christ? I want us to just quickly look at this idea of these core beliefs and, and what God is saying to us here. There are core beliefs that are in each of these. I don't have time to go through them all. I desperately wish I could, but these are vital to our growth. They're vital to the stage that's happening here in our life. Salvation by grace, the Trinity, on further the authority of the Bible. There's all of these, right? And there's scriptures that go with them. These are vital as I'm moving, as I'm growing in my relationship with Christ, that these beliefs become part of my life. They become part of who I am. And this is so often, here's what we want to do. We we come to a service like this. You guys may remember this if you've done this in your life, right? You feel something different in the service. You respond. Maybe it was you out with a friend and they're sharing about their relationship and you know my relationship with God is broken. I'm sinful. I can't fix it on my own. I realize that. Man, I, I'm, I'm messed up in my life, but I need God in my life. And so you invite him in. You ask him, God, give me your grace. God, save me with your grace. What second, or what Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine says there, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. And you're sitting, you're, you're standing there, you're accepting, them. excuse me, salvation by grace, salvation by grace. God, I realize that's what it is in my life. And then what happens? For some of you, it was a couple days later, maybe a week. Some of you guys didn't even last an hour and old habits were coming back, right? Yeah. Old things were coming back in your addictions, pasting, like gossip, envy, malice, lying, cheating, stealing, all of these things, self-righteousness. God, I've got this on all of these feelings that were there for years. They're coming back in your life. And what do we try to do? What's the tendency? 
God, I'll work harder. I'll give some money in the offering this week. I'll, I'll make sure that I read my Bible. God, I know I messed up today, but every day this week, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm not going to miss one day. I'm going to work at this more. That's not salvation by grace, you guys. That's salvation by works. And the thing is, is you can't zip through this process. You made a declaration, God, I need your salvation. I need your grace in my life. But it didn't end there. It takes a while. You wrestle through these beliefs, church. I want you to hear this. You wrestle through this. So when you mess up, when sin creeps back in your life, you don't sit there and bargain with God. You don't try to work out a deal of what you can do to earn it back. You didn't earn it in the first place. You drop to your knees and you remind yourself, no, God, it's grace. It's grace. It's grace, God. It's grace. I didn't earn it, God. I can't work for it. I can't do enough, God. I am a broken person desperately in need of your grace. And you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not a work of your own. God, I can't earn this. Go on ahead to, I think it's close to Christ, where it talks about authority of the Bible, right? This belief it's time, it's process, you guys. We don't understand this. We live in a microwave society. We want it in this moment. We want it right now, right? I want to start at exploring Christ this week, but next month I want to be close to Christ. And these beliefs take years to process through. They take years. It's a process of wrestling and struggling. Why? Because you read the authority of Scripture. You see that verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God, that the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I believe that. I see that. Yes, authority of Scripture. I sit in a service like this. I say it out loud. Scripture is going to shape my life. But then what happens? You guys, it's Friday, it's payday. And wait, I'm supposed to give 10% of what I've got back to God to honor him and to worship. Wait, authority in scripture, that belief does not seem apparent in my life right now. Wait, I'm supposed to love my enemy, that person at work that will not shut their mouth, that family member that always gets under, your word tells me to love my enemy? to show kindness to those who mistreat me, God. That's what you're telling me. But I look at this and I start to wrestle with it and I understand, no, the authority of scripture. I don't have the right to tell myself what to do. God's word does. I've surrendered my life over to him. He's the one speaking. God, I'm taking direction from your word, not from my mindset, not from my past, God, but from your word. Your scripture has authority in my life. I wrestle with it, you guys. This is not a quick declaration and I'm done. I don't walk through this booklet in a matter of moments. It's years. You didn't get to that mindset overnight. You won't break it overnight. It's wrestling with God's word. It's getting in deeper with other people. It's challenging yourself. It's reminding yourself, nope, nope, it's grace. It's grace. I can't earn it. I can't work for it. God, nope, it's the authority of your word. I'm not going to take that direction, God, of in and of myself. I'm going to look to your scripture. I'm going to allow you to shape me. Inform me, God, what your word is saying, it's wrestling with this. This belief does not happen overnight. And then there are these top five with each of these. These are practices. Now, I want you to hear this. This is not a spiritual checklist, okay? This is not read and reflected on scripture, served those in need, attended worship service, okay, gave 10%, spent some alone time, and now I'm on my way, God, and I'm good. These are daily practices, 
sometimes weekly practices, monthly practices that are happening in my life and they're solidifying the belief. They're solidifying what God wants to do in my life. I I want you to see this, how this works inside each and every one of us. Once again, this is not the end result. Okay, I did my top five, I'm good now. This is simply the road that I'm headed down. This is the road that I'm processing through. This is what God is doing inside of me. And these practices, these daily practices, they do something in my life. And we start to to look at this, just the authority of the Bible, right? This belief and how these practices shape this. This This is what happens. Wayne and Nikki, you guys get together and you open up your home and and you guys have people that you meet together with in a group, right? Jesse, Edna, you guys are a part of a group. You're sharing with each other. And at first it's a little awkward, like I'm getting with people I don't know and we're gonna talk about the Bible. This is kind of weird. What if someone else is a little bit of a weirdo? What if I'm a weirdo and they find out, right? It's a little difficult at first, but then you start to share stories. And then you get to that part where you're actually kind of going through the questions that, that we came up with as a church, like you're going through them. And all of a sudden you begin to talk with someone else. Hey, this is what God's been speaking to me about. Hey, Jeremiah, what are you doing with that this week? Like, how is God challenging? And you begin to open up to one another. And week after week, time after time of you guys being together, you're you're talking through scripture, you're, you're discussing with someone else what that means inside of your life. And then you look back and you start to see this, you guys, that all of a sudden my life is being shaped by scripture. There's the authority of God's word in my life. Why? Because practice after practice, time after time, night after night, I showed up at someone else's house, I opened up my home, and we began to discuss God's word together, and all of a sudden I realized I was applying it. It was forming my weeks, it was shaping my day, it was leading my decisions. I wasn't doing it on my own. I was discussing with other people what was happening, and I was seeing that take place in my life. See, that practice of being in groups being with other people, opening up God's word is vital to your spiritual growth. Another one, giving away my life. I'm gonna embarrass him again in this service, but if you guys could take a moment and look at Tom in the back. Did not know that I was gonna do this first service. Tom is one of the most amazing guys that I know here at the church. Tom serves every single week. You guys see him, right? He serves every single week here in our church. He has for years now. Even before I got here, Tom was serving. And what does Tom do? Every week he comes and he faithfully gives of his time, the gifts God has placed in his life, his love for people. I have seen Tom find people that have been missing for months and walk up to them and give them a hug and let them know, hey, we have missed you at New Community Church. Him shaking people's hands, him leading first time guests to their seat and helping them know that they have a place here, that they can belong, that this is a place that's welcoming and that's inviting them in. What is Tom doing every single week while he's serving? He's coming to church and he's saying, this isn't about me. See, this Sunday, I choose to give away my life. This Sunday, I choose not to just come and sit. I choose to serve. I choose to give away my life. What has Tom done for years now? Every Sunday, he comes into this place. He's not standing back there saying it, but he's living it out. I'm giving away my life. 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 That belief has all of a sudden gotten deep inside of Tom. It's shaped who he is. That's what makes him the amazing man of God that he is. Why? Because every week he has lived it out. That practice has become a belief now. 
It's become a foundation in his life. Watch this. Your identity is in Christ. And so you open up scripture, you start to read, you start to reflect on that. Rick and Sandra, God is doing stuff in your life. He's challenging you guys to grow, right? And you're, you're doing that. You're trying to get in God's word. You're trying to read God's word. You're trying to learn more about him. Domingo, what God is doing inside of you, how God is shaping you and forming you. And you're opening up scripture and you're saying, hey, I want this to be a part. When we're sitting down the other day talking and you're saying, Aaron, I want these things to be consistent in my life. This is what the enemy does. He comes and he says, Domingo, you're gonna fail again. You're gonna fail again. It's not gonna work this time. And you look at the enemy and you say, you are a liar. Why? Because I've been reflecting on scripture and I know God's word. It says that I am an overcomer, that I am victorious, that he has taken my sins and he's cast them away. They are no longer a part of me. I am a new creation of great worth. That's what God has spoken over my life. Rick and Sandra, when the enemy comes and he lies to you and he tells you, you don't belong in church. If people really knew who, you're, who you were in your past, you shouldn't belong here. You look at him, you tell him you're a liar. I've read God's word. I know what scripture says. I've reflected on the word of God. I am a son. I am a daughter of God. I belong to him. He's brought me into his family. He said, I am his own. He's made me a co-heir with Christ. Do you understand what these practices do? They start to shape your beliefs, church. They start to form who you are. They're not just a spiritual checklist that you go through. They begin to form. You begin to identify with that. God, that's who you've made me to be. I'm a co-heir with Christ. You guys, our deepest desire as a church is that we would move. And it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter where you're starting at. It doesn't even matter if you've been in church for a while now. And if you were to be honest, you would say, man, I've kind of stalled out. We're telling you, that's okay, but just don't stay there. Don't stay there. Don't be afraid to admit where you're at because maybe you should be further along. Just don't stay where you're at. Take this opportunity to grow, to move forward in your relationship with God, in what God is calling you to do. And so we know this, church. We know this, that we have to know where we're at, to know where we're going and where God is calling us to. We have to know those beliefs that have to become a part of us. We can't breeze through them. We have to wrestle with them. We have to remind ourselves. And then there are practices that we need in our lives. There are things that we need to grab a hold of so that God gets a hold of us and they become the foundation. They solidify those things that God is working on in our lives. That's our desires, that no matter where you are at, that you would grow in your relationship with God, that you would move forward in what God is calling you to and what God is challenging you to do. And I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And we're going to end service a little bit differently. We're going to take just about 30 seconds and just Reflect on what God has said. We're going to allow him to speak to us here in just a moment. And then there are those of you in this room that I know God's speaking to you that I want you to respond. There are some of you, and if you were to be honest, you're just starting off in your relationship with God. You've broken that. You've never taken that first step of saying, God, I need to surrender my life to you. I'm sinful and I'm broken. God, I can't fix it on my own, but Lord, I want you to be a part of my life. You've not taken that first step, but this morning you're gonna have that opportunity. 
For others, as you're reflecting, God's gonna speak to you, challenge you with something to do. And our prayer team is gonna be up here in just a moment and they're gonna pray for you. And we're gonna agree together that what God is speaking to you, he's going to do. For others of you, it's a different area in your life. And, and maybe before you leave this morning, you want someone to pray with you about something that's going on in your work, a, a relationship, a decision that you have to make. Maybe it's a physical need in your body or in the body of someone else, but we wanna take time this morning. We want to draw close to God. We wanna spend time as his body praying, listening to his voice. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come this morning. Those that are helping us, if you would just make your way forward, come right up front here. We're gonna take a moment, we're gonna reflect, and then if you're here and you're saying, hey, I want prayer, I'm gonna ask you in a moment, just after you've taken a few seconds to reflect, that you would come forward, that you would get prayer. It can be for anything. It doesn't have to be taking your first step. It could be for something else in your life. We're not gonna do a formal dismissal this morning, but whenever you're kind of done talking with God, whenever you've received prayer, if you need that, you can slip out. Don't forget to grab the invitation cards and the yard signs, but we're gonna take the next few moments. We're gonna listen to the voice of God. If you need it, you can come and get prayer and then you can be dismissed after you're done with that. Thank you.